Today on Abounding Grace from Pastor Ed Taylor. I don't know about tomorrow. I'm not sure. There are many things about tomorrow that scare me, spook me, stir up anxiety in me. And even though I don't know what tomorrow holds, I do know who holds tomorrow. I trust him with my life moment by moment. And even if I'm not equal to match the problems that will come my way, I will be in that place of abiding where the Lord will be my strength in uncertainty and in fear. In 1 Chronicles 16, 11, it says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. This is amazing grace. you'd say today life seems chaotic and out of control. There are many uncertainties, that's for sure, not to mention unfairness and difficulties. While it is a scary and confusing time to be living in, there's a message God wants you to hear and receive, and you'll find it in the book of Joshua. Today on Abounding Grace, we'll hear how Joshua faced a similar situation to our own and was concerned about the future and even fearful. Let's join Pastor Ed Taylor in the first chapter in part two of Even Though I Don't Know the Future. Notice with me chapter one, verse one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea toward going down to the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Notice verse 6. Be strong and of good, say with me, good courage. Verse 7, only be strong and very. Verse 9, have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage. What do you think Joshua is dealing with right now? I agree. I think he's very concerned about the future. Oh, it's not that he's not going to face it and he's not going to go through it, but I would suggest to you that he's very, very concerned and fearful about the future. A strong, godly, faithful man. And God meets him. And God doesn't say from heaven in chapter 1, I've given you a... Like he doesn't bellow from the clouds. What is your problem, Joshua? What, what is, what's your problem? You shouldn't be fearful. You're a man of God. No, he just ministers to him three times. Be strong. Be strong. Courageous. You're going to be okay. I'm going to be with you. I won't leave you. Nobody's going to stand against you. Like, like this, is, this is the word of the Lord no matter what he faces. And understand, when he says no one's going to stand before you, that also included AI and defeat. So the fact that nobody's going to stand against you doesn't mean you're not going to be hurt. Doesn't mean you're not going to experience failure. Doesn't mean you're not going to have hardship. It just means the faithfulness of God will usurp and overrule all the difficulties in your life. Why? Because you're just passing through. Even what Joshua was going through is temporary. Temporary. 
I think these words in Joshua chapter 1 became treasures in the heart of Joshua. Words and promises that he could often go back to. Because there is a natural distress associated with the unknown. So I naturally pull back into modes of protectionism. Protecting myself, the people that I love. At least I think I'm protecting them. And I cower sometimes in fear. And I'm sure the bad report is still rumbling in the camp. You know, back in Numbers chapter 13, when the spies came back from spying out the land, they had that, big, that bad report. It's why they wandered in the wilderness to begin with. Oh, they're giants. We can't do this. What are we thinking? 40 years of wilderness wandering because of that unbelief. And the words, bad words don't just disappear. Did you know that? Bad words, fearful words, they don't just disappear. That's why when you feed yourself, you need to feed yourself the word of God. You need to feed yourself the faithfulness of God. Church, please be careful what you post and repost. Because bad words, bad words just don't disappear. You may go, oh, look at this and look what I found. And as you repost and as you, you're shooting an arrow right to the heart of a fearful saint. And they don't just go away. Fear can feed more fear. Discouraging words don't just evaporate into the air. They have a way of embedding themselves into the very depths of our mind and emotions. And they tend to come back to taunt us in times of great faith and discovery. We must learn to wash our minds with the water of God's word. When we look to the future, even though we don't know what it holds for us, we know that God is with us. The promise to Joshua is a promise to us. His courage and strength is with us. And so I want you to come back to chapter 3 for a moment where it says in verse 5, with all of this, you haven't passed this way before. So what does Joshua say? Sanctify yourselves. Tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. He speaks right into the depth of all that they're facing. He says, I want you guys to set yourself. Sanctify means to set yourself apart. Or you could say, prepare yourselves. Get ready. Because tomorrow you're going to see something special. You're going to see something grand and something great. Why? Because God is a God who's already gone before us. He's already in the tomorrow on our behalf. I don't know about tomorrow. I'm not sure. There are many things about tomorrow that scare me, spook me, stir up anxiety in me. And even though I don't know what tomorrow holds, I do know who holds tomorrow. I trust him with my life moment by moment. And even if I'm not equal to match the problems that will come my way, I will be in that place of abiding where the Lord will be my strength in uncertainty and in fear. In 1 Chronicles 16, 11, it says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, the Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Psalm 18, verse 1, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. Verse 2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God and my strength in whom I will trust. If uncertainty develops a new dependence and fear develops a new faith walk, then thirdly, newness develops a season of learning and leaning into the Lord. Learning and leaning. God is taking us in life from glory to glory and strength to strength. And there is so much, church, for us to learn of the character and the nature of God. It is a truly lifelong pursuit to learn about the love of God and his goodness in our lives.
There's so much to learn in your life and mine, so many areas for us to grow. And I can look back on my life and I can say that I've learned much about God and myself as he's allowed me to pass through the wilderness and valleys of pain. I've learned so many of my own weaknesses and over the years I really thought I knew myself until the Lord allowed circumstances to reveal that I really don't even know myself. Remember Paul even wrote, he says, I don't even judge myself. It's not even my own conscience that I'm leaning upon, but I trust in the Lord and his righteous judgment in my life. I think of Peter. He really thought he knew himself, didn't he? Remember what he said to Jesus? He said this to Jesus, like look Jesus in the eye and said, and I believe he believed it. Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. He was already stumbling at that moment. (laughs) And of course, you know, Bible students, that he stumbled greatly in denying his own savior and best friend three times. What happened with Peter? He stumbled. He learned about himself in a very painful way. He didn't realize how weak he was. One of the revelations of weakness, one of the responses, I should say, to the revelation of weakness in your life is you fight it and want to appear strong. Instead of humbly acknowledging that you're trusting in the sovereignty of God, many people want to have their own sovereign protection of their lives. And God is revealing to you a place of weakness so that you can experience the promise that his strength is made perfect in that weakness. That God wants to strengthen you in those areas where you need it the most. It's good for us to know our areas of weakness. We need to know them. So that God can make us more usable and more dependent and more committed to him who goes before us. God is able to give me strength and able to work with my weaknesses to give me the help that I truly need in the direction that he wants to lead me. In times of the unknown, what I've learned is that God is faithful and utterly reliable in every way, that he keeps his promises, that he's truly promised not to leave or forsake us. I've learned with God that even when there seemed to be no way, God can make a way where there is no way. That he can lead us for his purposes. That God, he's working all things together for the good. For those that love him. Those that are called according to his purposes. They're they're not, all things are not good. That's not debatable either. I think we can all agree that all things are not good. But God is working them all together for his glory and our good. There have been things in my life that I just don't understand what happened. Or how it happened. Or even why it happened. But God was there. And it's when we've come to the end of ourselves is when we really see God to begin to move and work on our behalf. Church, even though we haven't passed this way before, God is there. He's there to help us and to guide us. He's there to strengthen us so that when I look at the past, it gives me encouragement for today. I think all of us can agree that everyone listening to me right now can look back in the past of a difficult time in their lives and see the faithfulness of God. Well, as you look to that, you know that God will be faithful today. And although life is chaotic and out of control, many uncertainties and unfairness. I mean, there are things just you look at it, go, that's wrong, that's unfair. But I suggest to you, church, that when you begin to think that this world and this system is fair, you've become a friend of the world. 
The Bible says that our culture, this world, is under the sway of the wicked one. We are not under the sway of the wicked, and we are dwelt by the Holy Spirit, been baptized with power from on high. So there is a natural animosity between the darkness of this world and the believer that walks in the light. When you and I become very comfortable in this world, then we are agreeing with the sway of this world. And so God, he leads us to these times where we go, look, I'm going to lead you to a place you have no resources, no ability. What will you do? And I believe that God would have us, even though I don't know the future, we will choose to trust in the Lord. We will choose to face that situation by faith because the past blessings of God in my life only guarantees the future blessing and faithfulness of God. Why? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. The past work of God in my life becomes a prophetic word of the future of the work of God in my life. The past deliverance of God in my life is predicting the future deliverance of God. And so we realize that God who has been with us is the God who is with us now and the God that has gone before us. God has gone before you and you can trust in him. He has brought you this far and he hasn't brought you this far just to drop you off. The Bible says that he who began a good work in you will what? Completed until the day of Jesus Christ. The psalmist even understood that God will perfect those things that concern me. And he will. Yes, church, it's scary. And it's hard. And it's confusing. And all these voices are happening. And all these opinions are. And all this division. And all this. Uh, like, like you just. You can't even say something these days without somebody wanting to argue with you about it. I get it. I understand the world that we're navigating in right now. But God is bringing you into a deeper relationship with him where you'll learn to walk by faith and not sight, where you learn to trust in him, where you develop a faith walk that he guides you because you haven't passed this way before. It's all brand new. There's a depth and dimension in your relationship with Jesus that you've never experienced before. And as you enter in with the right perspective, realizing God is there, you'll be excited and anticipation of what God has for you next. You won't fight for whatever past normalcy you experience, but you will walk in anticipating with faith of the newness that God has for you in the future. Whatever God is allowing and whatever he's doing, it's going to be for his glory and for our good. And let me just say this. Let me finalize this as we come into communion. The rest and the peace that you want is not available and attainable through human effort. The peace and settled comfort that you're looking for in times of difficulty, fear, and uncertainty is not attainable through human effort. We see this as a picture here theologically. You'll notice that Moses does not lead the children of Israel into the promised land, Moses. It's Joshua that leads the children of Israel. It's Joshua that takes them in to the promised land. Moses and Joshua here become a picture and a type. Moses becomes a picture of the law, self-effort, following rules and regulations. Moses or the law or self-effort is unable to bring a person into the promised land. But Joshua, the Hebrew version of Jesus, of Yeshua, he can lead you into the promised land. He will lead you into the promised land. No, the law will not be able to do that. But the grace and finished work of Jesus, that will bring you in. A faith relationship, a true settled rest comes 
from Jesus himself. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. The peace of the world is not the peace of Jesus. And you won't experience real peace and rest until you finally surrender all of your fears, anxieties, uncertainties to the Lord. Jesus will lead us into that place of full trust and faith. No matter what comes our way, the Lord is with me. He will be with me. He has gone before me. He will help me and see me through. We can't see what's up ahead, but we can cling to Jesus who we do see high and lifted up. As we learn in Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what? Endured the cross, despising the shame. But he also, what? Sat down at the right hand of the Father. It is a completed work of rest and peace that only comes by faith in Jesus Christ. You will not get it any other way. You may give a piece of your mind, but it will not give you a peace in your heart. Because true peace only comes from the Lord. Let me end with this. Turn over to Matthew. Would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 6? I want to remind you of the words of our faithful Savior Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. Just allow Jesus to minister to your heart, to minister to you about the future. Listen to him. In your mind, think of following him, receiving from him. He says in verse 24, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you'll drink or about your body, what you'll put on. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? And so why do you worry? Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore don't worry, saying, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. But your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Did you catch a little theme from Jesus to us? Don't worry. Don't get caught up in worry. Don't be overly concerned about tomorrow. Trust the Lord today. If the Lord wills, remember the sovereignty of God. Remember his faithfulness. Church, it might get better or it might get worse. I don't know. But I do know this. God will meet me where I am, what I face, when I face it. And I always chuckle at this. I just... I always chuckle about those stinking birds that live in my house. They don't pay rent. 
They don't ask my permission, but they live in my house just like I live in my house. And they enjoy it. And I look at them. I see them on the trees. I see them on the roof. I see them putting their little nest on my front door. And I think, you know, the Lord's taking care of them. I'm not taking, I'm not putting food out for them. I have little signs here, no solicitor. Now get out of here, birds. I guess I don't know bird talk. But the Lord's taking care of them. I've never seen a bird walking on my sidewalk right there going, I don't know what's going to happen. We, don't, we can't pay the rent. We don't know I'm going to feed my birds. They, they're just trusting in the Lord. So I invite you to a deeper level of trust today, church. I know we don't know the future. And I know it's easy to get caught up in everybody else's, everybody else's convictions, everyone else's beliefs, everyone else, how they're going to handle it. But the Lord's inviting you to bypass pastors and bypass your pastor and bypass your friends and into the very presence of abiding in him. That's where peace and rest is found. Not in men, not in structures, not in governments, not even in church families and friendships. True rest and peace is found only by faith in Jesus Christ. And he will give that to you. That is Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. And what we heard today is part of a timely message called, Even Though I Don't Know the Future. If you missed any part of it or would like to hear it again, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen through the Calvary Church app. Search for Ed Taylor. We couldn't be more excited about this month's offer. We've just released Pastor Ed's new book, Face Your Fears. Are your fears holding you back from God's best in your life? Do you recognize that your fear is robbing you of your faith and your trust in God? This little book was put together to encourage you as you move from fear to faith. And we'll send you a copy with our thanks when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Just call 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Or order it online at calvaryco.store. Again, that's calvaryco.store. Abounding Grace is made possible through the generous support of listeners just like you. And as we continue delivering God's Word one verse at a time, we're looking to our listeners for help. Together, we can reach people with the love and truth of Christ and make a difference in these last days. To make a secure donation, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. Pastor Ed, tomorrow's the day. You're going to be starting a new series called Family Matters. What can we expect? You know, Larry, I'm very excited to have the Family Matters series delivered here on Abounding Grace so quickly after I shared it with our church here. After the pandemic, you know, we started to open. I mean, we've been open for a long time, but we uh, were open and people were coming back. I felt like the Lord was speaking to me very specifically, not only for our own church family, although primarily it was for our church family, but knowing that we are connected by so many via technology, our website, our app, and of course, Abounding Grace Radio, this verse kept popping into my mind. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, number one, Joshua. And also when Peter said, judgment begins in the house of the Lord. And with so much going on, so much, uh, so many looking and this is wrong and that is wrong and you are wrong, I felt like the Lord was really leading us to say, no, all of that energy and effort needs to be spent on our homes, 
And so we're going to look at the various roles, studying through the scriptures, family, the foundational principles of what God, how God has developed the family, uh, singleness, uh, in-laws, parents, children. Uh, we're going to go through line by line and verse by verse through the relevant passages, because I want you, the listener, listen, I know it's hard, and I know it's been challenging, and I know it's easy to call out all the injustices and all the difficulties. I see them too. But friend, if we're going to make a difference in the world, judgment begins at home, your home, my home. And I want to encourage you to follow along. It's a great encouraging, it's it's an encouraging series. Uh, it's, it's very edifying and helpful, but it also is stirring considering the days in which we live. So join us. We look forward uh, to taking you through this series and encouraging you in the Lord. Again, that all starts next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. In the meantime, remember, even though we don't know the future, we can and must trust and obey the Lord today. He's there to help, guide, and strengthen us. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.